0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 underway, Full Squad, and this is Two Guys and a Mike. Uh, What's again, we're back. Uh, if want to make sure you follow us on social media at Two Guys and a Mike, both on Facebook and Twitter. That's number two, Guys and a Mike. Check out the description in the link below. Make sure you get the right address for you. Uh, first things first, like, we like kick off, uh, we're We got actually one beer today, Uh, all of us drinking the same thing, Uh, went with something quick and easy, keeping it simple. We are doing the seasonal winter lager by Sam Adams. So, uh, guys, why don't we all take a sip here? And then, uh, Logan, why don't you start us off with what you think?
1: All right. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. It's good. Um, definitely kind of a rich and hearty kind of a more of a dark lager. Um, I'm a big Sam Adams Boston lager fan and I still, I think I prefer this, but for a, a change of pace, it's a nice kind of seasonal beer, a little bit of hint of spice. It's a good winter option. Um, not, not my favorite, but, uh, it definitely, it definitely works.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, it's hard to beat Sam Adams. I actually am a big fan of the Winter Lager. Um, and, you know, Logan and I um, don't experience much cold here in Central Florida, but it is a nice uh, low 50-degree night, and I think it's one of the m- most perfect beers for that kind of weather. I know, Mike, you're probably enjoying it uh, with your temperatures up there as well.
0: I about to say, I, I haven't had the Sam Adams winter longer in the longest time. I'm looking at the packaging. They're saying it. I guess they... They made it crisper and brighter from years past.
1: I did notice on the box as well. Whatever little, they did differently. Uh, marketing.
0: I'm, I'm kind of liking it. I, I haven't had it in a long time. It's definitely a you know, full-flavor beer. Good um, change. Um, and definitely, colder night in here. Winter is officially upon us. It is in northern Virginia. It is 33 degrees out, but with the windshield, Ooh, baby. it feels like 25. Mm, so, you
1: get any snow yet?
0: No. I... <laughs> snow's kind of funny i don't think we're gonna get much snow up here and it comes so fast it goes just as fast so um i don't predict it uh i predict a mild winter up here as it has been in the past couple of years but who knows maybe we'll return to snow snowmageddon this year after all it is the end of 2020 going into 2021 we'll see what happens so let me take one more sip here
2: i'll join you no, it's a good beer it's a good choice
0: good stuff all right, you moving know. on. What do we got for today's episode? We got the FBS Selection Committee plays Eeny, Meeny, Money Mo." The 1972 Dolphins are popping champagne. Rodgers joins the 400 Club. And the Jets almost win a game? And we summon Miss Cleo. Remember her? On our NFL playoff picture. So before we get into it, let's get into... The college topic here—we haven't really talked college much this year—but let's uh, let's let's get into it now. Things are getting starting interesting, uh, winding down to the co- college playoff picture here. So it's winding down as always. The selection committee will choose the best four teams in the country to compete for the national championship. The selection committee will have to choose against teams who have only played five or six games, such as Ohio State, and the teams who are outside the Power Five, such as BYU and Coastal Carolina. Who are they? In a year of extreme fatality, will the selections process flaws become even more evident? Will a worthy team be denied access to the national championship? What needs to change to improve the selection process? Uh, What do you got? uh, Who wants to go first on this one?
2: I'll take it. Um, You know, It's kind of a topic I wanted to talk about. Um, And I I think so. I, I want to talk about it because in years past... Um, I've had many debates with friends um, colleagues about the selection process. As we know, the college football uh, playoff has recently been implemented as opposed to the uh, BCS national championship, where purely the you know, t- two best teams and I put best in quotations were picked to play the national championship. It's just been a weird season. Um, and I've had conversations with, you know, many friends who went to different colleges around, you know, the Southeast, which were in a huge college football territory. Um, and the conversation has always been, you know, oh, I went to University of Central Florida. Our team went undefeated. We're, we're getting screwed. And, you know, I'm a UF alum. So, of course, my argument has always been, well, why don't you come try to play in the SEC um, and, you know, win as many games as you have. But I think in this year where you have – teams like Ohio State who have always been a powerhouse playing five or six games, you know. I think the flaws of the system are going to become magnified um, this year in particular just because you have so many external factors uh, being placed on these teams that have altered schedules, teams that have had players out due to COVID. How do you put an Ohio State team in the playoff that's only played half of their schedule? Um, I think it's clearer more than ever that maybe a more in depth playoff system or ranking system needs to be implemented. I don't know how they do that, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see who gets in and then what the backlash is from teams like Coastal Carolina, like BYU, who are kind of the 2020 version of, you know, UCF, which is, I think, the best team in recent years that have kind of been snubbed for the playoff picture. Um, and I know, Logan, that's kind of something that you're, uh, you know, intertwined with because that's your alumni so what, yeah, what do you think about this year
1: well, yeah mm-hmm. i'm going back to the keep to, telling yourself keep to, tell listen yourself. i'm gonna take it th- i think that team deserved to be in the playoff you know in the national championship game i'd love to see it but i'm taking that national championship but yeah i kind of agree with you with this year it's gonna be really hard and there's so much history bias you know like ohio state's only played five games and they shouldn't just they shouldn't be up there it just shouldn't shouldn't be happening you know coastal carolina has won 10 games now the quality of games they're playing is not the same as say like ohio or alabama florida notre dame those teams you know so certainly there's an argument for why they shouldn't be in but i think there's an argument that why ohio shouldn't be in there um you know i think Unfortunately, you know, maybe Florida deserves that spot over even over like Texas A and M. You know, but so, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, I'm fine with those three. But that fourth spot, it can't be Ohio. You can't have a five team or a five game team being there. You know, even though they probably would have won a majority of their scheduled games, there's always that one team that upsets a a top ten team, and it could happen to Ohio State. So, just because your history kind of dictates that you're this great team and you have this great fan base, get out of here. You don't belong there. Let someone else go in. I'm fine with Florida. I'm fine. I'm fine with Coastal Carolina. Uh, fine with Texas A&M, Iowa State. You know, any of those teams, I'm fine with. But Ohio does not belong there this year.
0: I think one thing, I mean, I know I I agree with both you guys on the topic of, you know, if if you didn't play enough games, you know, you shouldn't get in. Um, I think there's also some politics going on because they're looking for a bigger school, bigger ratings, and that's kind of the push behind it. Um, Me, myself, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan Um, with this whole COVID stuff. You know, the year's been kind of crap. Uh, we played Clemson because Notre Dame had to join the ACC this year um, to, to, to actually be able to play. Um, so it was kind of a first for Notre Dame, to, who's usually an independent, to join a conference uh, and play conference play. And, and they had a perfect season. Uh, the thing that bums me out about it is uh, the week that we were scheduled to play Clemson and beat them, uh, Trevor Lawrence went out with COVID. Yeah, you know, so they don't have their star quarterback. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. You you want to you want to see Clemson at their best. You want to play them at their best, and you want to beat them at their best, of course. And now we have the ACC championship game to come up to finish out the conference. Again, how's how's it fair if let's say we lose an ACC championship game and I don't put us into the playoffs when technically we split, we're fifty fifty, uh, and we Notre Dame also had a perfect season in a conference. Uh, how's that fair and uh, again Notre Dame is also a huge rating for college football um, like them or not they bring a lot of money um, into the program so yeah I mean it's it it sucks that it's coming down to this um, hopefully they make some decent good decisions um, but you just gotta let it play out and see what happens
1: I think it's gonna be okay for the top three teams. I'm assuming that they're all going to win out, but Ohio just doesn't belong and, and really you know getting into the way that we we fix this is you expand it you know i I'd love to see a you know March madness style tournament, but I know for football that just is not realistic and feasible in terms of time constraints and and all that but I'd like to Why see not a eight team I'd like to see that say an eight team. You know, if you take those top eight teams, then I'm okay with Ohio being in there. But
2: you got to expand it in order to make it realistic. Right, and the, ranking, the rankings are just so crazy anyway. I mean, you got to, Ohio State at number four, I agree. You know, at 5-0, and oh, uh, I mean, come on. They, they don't deserve, I don't think they deserve a top four spot. Um, you know, simply because they were so good last year. And I know that's kind of the trend of how teams are ranked, you know, from season to season. And, you know, the funny thing is Texas A&M number five, you know, Florida number six, because Texas A&M beats Florida, but Florida is in the in the SEC championship game. So, I mean, five and six, that's irrelevant. It's, you know, the winner of the SEC championship game is going to get the SEC spot. So, it's it just, it's a game to some extent. And I think people have known it's a game. Um, and politics, and a bunch of people sitting in a room making a decision that sometimes has no rational basis to it. Um, but until they come up with a better system, I think, you know, that's just kind of what we're stuck with.
1: Yeah, I think you were right, kind of, Mike, with uh, the whole ratings and money involvement, and that that's why they're up there, you know. I think you kind of nailed that. So. Well, let's move on to the. Uh, well, I guess I'll let you guys kind of shout out your teams. And uh, Notre Dame, are you guys gonna gonna play for the national championship?
0: First things first, we got to win the ACC championship game. Uh, Trevor Williams obviously is expected to be back. Um, I'm looking forward to this game just because Trevor Williams uh, going to head to head with Ann Book. So see what happens. But first things first, we got to see we got to get this win, and then we got to see what they do with the playoffs.
1: All right brian where do the
2: gators fall where, what happens to them oh man i mean it, being a diehard gator fan my heart says they're gonna go to the national championship but my brain says man they gotta play alabama on december 19th and uh alabama's been playing really good football this year so you know I, i'm hoping the heisman hopeful uh, kyle trask does some you know does some magic in that game um I think if we can beat Alabama in the SEC Championship game, we should be able to beat every other team that makes it to the playoff. That's just my opinion. So. Right.
1: Okay. All right. We'll move on to the uh, the big game last night. I know the Bills played as well, but but the big game. We got uh, Larry Sanka and the uh, 72 Dolphins celebrating another year where they will be the only undefeated team for the perfect season. As Washington – took down the uh, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. But the real congratulations here should go out to Mike for having the balls to pick Washington over the Steelers. Mike, well done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I knew they had a very good chance. I mean, we had we have great pass uh, rushers up front uh, who can easily put pressure on uh, Roethlisberger. I don't think... Roethlisberger just seemed to be very relaxed in his games, and I think the past two games it's been a wake-up call for him, um, as well as the team itself. Uh, You know, Tomlin was yelling at his guys last week, and they won. Uh, You know, trying to put some urgency into them. Um, So I'm I'm curious to know what happens with the Steelers going forward uh, if this momentum either picks up or changes, or do they continue playing the ball that they have been.
1: Yeah, we saw Washington come back, you know, <coughs> outscore the Steelers 20-30 to 30 in the second half. It was a really exciting game to watch. Um, I definitely was uh, rooting for Washington. But, uh, you know, Alex Smith made some good adjustments in the second half, came out and, and moved the ball better. The defense played well, uh, stopped the Steelers two or three times in the red zone, including that big goal line stand. So that was a big game for Washington, but what does it mean for the Steelers guys? Are the Steelers still a, a top contender or are they kind of going to be that team that gets bounced out in the first round? Mike? Yeah. I, I find it,
0: I find it interesting. I think some, you know, if you take a look at their past games, um, you know, something has always come up in their games that like throughout the, throughout the schedule that they just haven't, you know they they had an easy case or you know a, you know something come up with the other team i don't think i think it's been kind of a cakewalk for him to be honest with you and you know i think the past two teams where they play the the browns um last week was that what it was if i have that uh, correct? no last week who who played them last week that they got chewed out for who did they play last week
1: yeah, it wasn't the Browns. They played the Browns again coming up, um, and they beat was, them pretty uh, bad. The Ravens
2: last week. The Ravens in their second right, appearance. Ravens and,
0: and and Ravens weren't even
2: without Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, I mean the whole team's been in trouble. this you know ever since I think me personally, I think the Ravens have been falling apart ever since you know three weeks ago, um, even when Lamar was playing. But yeah, I think it's it, it, every every game. If you go back, there, it's been something unique about that other team that's been made it easier for the Steelers to play. Um I just think maybe it was their schedule being a little bit easier. Like maybe they had one of the easiest schedules in the league. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the stat.
1: I think you're pretty accurate there with that
0: statement. But I th- I think it's honestly it's the strength of schedule. They haven't really played anyone. Um, and Redskins actually have a good defense. You know they're in the top ten, and you know we have the pass rushers to come in there and and, and get Roethlisberger. So I mean this is the first time I think he had to deal with that. Um, you know there wasn't many points put on the board, so just strength of defense and strength like a well, strength of schedule with the Steelers. I don't I don't see them doing well going forward. Uh, granted, I think their schedule even gets easier as it as it goes on. Um, I think the other big challenger would be uh, Buffalo. I think they play Buffalo coming up Yep, next week. So, and yeah, that'd, that'd be another good team for the Steelers to potentially lose.
2: Right. I think you hit that nail on the head. I mean, it's strength of schedule and I've been, I think I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now on the podcast when they've been brought up, you know, the, the Ravens have been a back and forth team all year. They played them without Lamar Jackson last week. Um, you know, the Browns are a, weird nine and three team, in my opinion. Um, So, you know, top contender, you know, there's an argument. I I think next week is going to be a big um, measuring stick as to who the top teams in the AFC are. I mean, the Chiefs are obviously the favorite. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, and there's like three teams, in my opinion, that are kind of in that mix for who's the second best team. They've all kind of exchanged wins, especially if Buffalo can beat the Steelers, you know, this coming Sunday, which I'll make the bold prediction that I think they will beat the Steelers in their home turf next Sunday night. Um, But, you know, Buffalo, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh, I think are all in the conversation for that two seed um, in the AFC. Um, the Steelers will likely get the two seed based on sh- strength of schedule, but I don't know if they're the second best team in the AFC.
1: Well, I think they also, if they don't lose next week, they've got the um, tiebreaker over Kansas City still.
2: Right. I, I, I just, I don't. I'm looking at their schedule, and Mike, Mike talked about it, so I won't belabor on it, you know, too much longer. But you know, Denver, Houston, Jacksonville, you know a lot of bad teams on that schedule. Um, and I have some family members who are Steeler fans, and I made the comment to them a week ago that I think that they've only been done so well because of that schedule. Um, and, you know, strength of schedule means a lot, in my opinion, when you get to playoffs. You know, you got to play good teams all year to beat good teams in the playoffs, okay? And I don't know if Pittsburgh has the the wherewithal. To grind it out in these playoff games. I mean, I know that's their reputation, is to be that tough, you know, team that takes you down to the wire. But I don't know if this year's the year to that that's going to happen. I just don't think of them when I think Super Bowl.
0: I, I was just going to say. I mean, that's that's probably the worst thing you want is playing soft teams, and then go right into the playoffs and expect a team to be hungry that's already been you know playing good teams dominating games and you know getting the wins uh and then you go in there and they're not prepared for it yeah
1: you guys are pretty right i mean this steelers team in the beginning of the season i think had a lot more magic around them they were doing better even though they're playing bad teams but this last couple of weeks the the injury toll has kind of really made a difference from them on a defensive level um they've lost they lost two more starters you know on monday so you know at some point you just you can't continue to replace talent with more talent you're gonna have a drop off there so their their defense which was really the thing that kind of sparked their their good run isn't there anymore um, and then the, the other major thing is they just they can't run the ball you know Connor was out last game but even beyond that they just they can't run the ball they just not doing well and then you add in the drops from last week and this week and yeah you got a team that's starting to slip and not look so good i think brian's right they probably will lose to the bills next week um so now you're on a two game skid you know and that that can kind of mess with the team and you know you you don't play a quality team so you don't really know where you're at and then all of a sudden you get bounced in the first round by you know someone you know maybe the ravens you know or Miami or Miami. I mean, it depends if they fall Yeah, they may, they may have to play someone. I guess we'll get into that when we talk about our playoff stuff, but yeah, it's going to be, you know, one of those lower teams that are probably going to bounce them out of the first round. Unfortunately.
0: All right. Going on to the green Bay Packers. Now, Uh, Aaron Rodgers is undoubtedly a first ballot Hall of Famer at 37 years old. Rodgers is at this point in his career where he's going to be breaking NFL records on a consistent basis. The Philadelphia Eagles saw this firsthand during Sunday's NFL Week 13 outing. In the first half of the said game, Rodgers threw his 35th touchdown of the season. He also became the first quarterback in NFL history with 35 touchdown passes or more in five different seasons. He also became the 7th quarterback to throw 400 touchdowns, but none of the previous QBs did it as quickly as Rodgers. The 400 club consists of Philip Rivers, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and the previous record holder, Drew Brees. Rodgers' 400 touchdown pass came in his 193rd regular season game, which is 12 fewer games than Brees. Where does Rodgers fall on your list of all-time greatest quarterbacks? Logan, why don't you take it for us?
1: Being that he's still playing, I have him a little bit further back, probably than where he will probably end up. Um, but I also wanted to add that Rodgers was the only quarterback to have fewer than a hundred interceptions at the time he broke the four hundred uh, touchdown mark. So he only he's only thrown eighty eight. So I think that's a really impressive matrix as to how accurate of a player he is. But, um, you know, my list, it's going to go Montana, Unitas, Peyton, Brady, Favre, Marino, Elway, then Rodgers. I do have Rodgers above Breeze. Homer. Homer?
2: How am I being a Homer here? No Super Bowl ring.
1: Still, I'm not talking about. I'm it's got to be in the conversation players. no I one mean, cares about
0: Dan Marino right
1: oh, I care about Dan Marino so <laughs> Showed up your ass but uh, <laughs> but I think I think by the time it's all said and done I think Rodgers will probably be behind Favre I don't know that he could ever pass Favre even if they play in the same city uh, but I, I definitely have him jumping probably away and Marino by the time he's done I'd like to see him win a couple more playoff games I'd love to see him win another championship but they this they, they don't seem to have it in the playoffs sometimes and, and I wanna see them get better. I, I wanna see him lead that team and make the players around him better.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I'm kinda get, gonna echo, you know, Logan's uh, sentiments on the topic. Um Aaron Rodgers is great. I mean, he's gonna go down first ballot hall of fame like we like we kicked the topic off. Um I think I'd like to see him win another ring to really elevate himself. I mean, it's hard to... For me, the conversation revolves around championships. The stats are great. The lack of interceptions is great. The stats are great. Touchdown, whatever you want to talk about. Completion percentage, you know. But Brady, Montana... uh, boo. Huh? Boo, Brady, Boo. How can you sit here and not say that Tom Brady is the best quarterback to play the game? He, he has had, the most touchdown. He has the most touchdowns as we sit here today in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. He has the most Super Bowl rings by mm-hmm. any single player at the quarterback position to ever play the game. I mean, what else
0: Love him or hate him, you have to give him that respect.
1: I've got him in the top five, but he's also played behind probably the greatest line ever.
0: How do you—okay, here's the thing. How can you— Or the greatest coach ever. He's the greatest of all time, and you have him in the top five. That's your your first statement that's wrong. (laughs) If
1: I was drafting a team, if I was GM, and all these guys were
0: all rookie quarterbacks, I would draft Peyton before I drafted Brady. Okay, I was always a long-time Peyton fan. I would agree with you there, but still. So the stats the, exactly. the stats, you would, the stats if you would with take Brady. Peyton
1: Above Brady. Independently ab- ab-
0: away from all if, the teams. If you're saying that he's a rookie and there's no there's no um you know, there's no stats, there's no Super Bowl wins, there's nothing. Yeah, I would I'd still go with Brady. I think Brady left I mean, I think uh, Pey- Manny left the game early because of his injuries um and could have been around you know, a good two, three years more, but, um, no, I mean, the, the, the things that Brady has accomplished, you got to give it to him. Like, you can't say he's top five. He's number one. I like, hate top, to say
1: he's it. top four. I mean, no, he's, he's, who is your number one? He's number one Montana.
2: <laughs> so you don't think that the fact that Joe Montana had probably the best receiver in the game is equivalent to Brady having one of the best lines. Well, he had the best line.
1: I think he's had the best coach in the game. Brady had a very good team around him. Players were willing to sacrifice money to play with, on that team and to play with Brady. And he had a lot more weapons and a lot more tools than a lot of quarterbacks have had. And, I mean, look at Peyton. Peyton never had any help, you know. He made those players better around him, you know. Yeah, he had, like, Marvin Harrison and, and guys like that. But, like,
2: he made those players better, you know, Brady. Isn't Bill Walsh regarded as one of the best head coaches in football until uh, I mean, recent? Oh, yeah, certainly. So, I mean, isn't the conversation about the best quarterback always going to have a conversation with the supporting cast that helped him be the best? Certainly.
1: I mean, that's definitely, you can't have one without the other. I mean, you just can't. Right. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson right now, great talent, great player, doesn't have the tools or weapons around him, and we see him struggling, you know? So certainly, those, those go hand in hand. I just think that Brady is a little bit overrated compared to some of the other quarterbacks out there. I think if you saw Brady on a different team, he would not be in this conversation.
0: Well, he is on a different team now, but I think. Well,
1: okay. for The last I mean, 20 years, if he there. was on a different team. I don't think you'd see him in this conversation.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's all speculation. I'm, I'm putting Brady as number, number one. Um, you know, regardless of what we've just said. And then, you know, Montana, Bradshaw, I mean, Peyton Manning. So, I mean, Rodgers isn't in my top five today. He could get there at some point. Um, you know, he's still about a 100 touchdown passes behind Favre. Let's let him finish his career before we say he elevates, you know, beyond Favre. Um, but I think you're talking about two quarterbacks that have such different play styles. You know, Brett Favre was the gunslinger, the kid that came into Green Bay and won the hearts of the city, um, and Rodgers was the patient protege. Um, so you could even say that Brett Favre has, has had a hand in Rodgers' success. But um, I don't
1: even give you I'm that not effort. trying to take
2: anything away from Rodgers. Great quarterback. I'd take him on my team in a, in a heartbeat. Favre did not help Rodgers. He hated Rodgers. He may not have liked him, but I think –
0: Okay, but hold on a second. He's the backup quarterback. A starting quarterback is never going to like the backup quarter quarterback. Never.
1: Fitzpatrick and Tua.
0: Okay, I think Fitzpatrick has <laughs> already had. Talking about a journeyman. Fitzpatrick has hey. already been shown the door. He's just still sticking around. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he they pulled him out. I mean, if I was him, and I think any other quarterback, they'd be like. All right, what team wants to, what, to sign me because I still want to play? I mean, he was shown the door, and he's he's stuck around. Like, I, Okay.
2: The main point of what I was saying is this. I think we've seen in recent years, definitely over the last 15 years, teams draft first-round quarterbacks and shove them into the game. Who's the last quarterback that has actually sat behind a veteran quarterback and has, for multiple seasons— other than Rogers, and I guess the other name that would come to mind is Garoppolo. Yeah. So whether or not Brett Favre liked him, he watched one of the best quarterbacks that ever play the game, play week in and week out, practice day in and day out for what four years before he saw the light well, of day.
0: Another th- another com- another one would be that way back in the day would be Joe Montana and uh, Steve Young.
2: Right, right, and, and they, since then they hate
0: each it. other. They hated mm-hmm. each other.
1: All right, so Mike, where does he fall on your list? Where's Where's Rodgers? As we got to do a little tangent there.
0: I'm, I don't know where he stacks up. Um, I'm with Brian. I would definitely like to, to see another Super Bowl win to, you know, again, elevate him up in his rankings. Um, when I was a kid, I always enjoyed watching Joe Montana and go Irish. He was an Irishman. So um, he was always fun to watch for sure. Multiple Super Bowl wins. Uh, yeah, so how can you not go with 16 there? Uh, I liked Manning. Unfortunately, some of the that one Super Bowl with the, the Seahawks was brutal to watch, and I don't know what happened with that. It's like they just didn't show up. Uh, so it's a little disappointing there with Manning. Um, Eli Manning winning two Super Bowls, I would never put him in the top five. Um, uh, I think one of them was the Patriots. Uh, Beat themselves and basically handed the Giants the win for one for one year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like Peyton Am, but yeah, is Super Bowl rings. I mean, Tom Brady has to be number one. I don't care what anyone says, like him or hate him, has to be number one based on how many Super Bowls he's won. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers again want to see that want to see that another Super Bowl ring just to to get him up there.
2: You play to win the game exactly
1: so real quick before we transition next topic do you guys think they know that these records are coming up you
2: know oh, absolutely you think absolutely
1: so? I mean Jamal uh yeah Jamal Adams knew yeah I know I saw the story that's kind of what sparked this is Jamal Adams knew and kind of told the locker room but like I, I guess in uh, social media plays a part in that now these days but like back in the day I mean do you think they knew that this record was you know a game or two out or
2: I think so.
0: I think I think especially when Brady and Breeze were going at it, I think they knew for sure. Especially when they're playing each other, um, you know, they obviously want to keep that tally going, knowing that they're so close together. Yeah, I agree. And, and Breeze was purposely rifling off the the ball every every play. It seemed like to go for that. So I think I mean if, if you're if you're not if you're not if there's someone like not playing and, and not with you, I, I think you would care less. Um you just prepare the game and play it and go out. But I think if there's another active player, uh for sure you're you're keeping tabs on that. So. Alright, ready to move on? Yep, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> we gotta work on that. All right, so up by four points with 13 seconds on the play clock. It appeared that the New York Jets were going to win their first game of the season. When suddenly the W was ripped from their hands as the Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, threw a 46-yard touchdown pass to win the game in the final seconds. Uh, Later, Jets defense coordinator Greg Williams made a gamble on 3-10 and and called an all-out blitz, leaving man-to-man coverage on the hail, uh, well, semi-hail Mary touchdown pass, which ultimately cost him his job, was the win really stolen from the Jets, or did the Jets give it away on purpose? And why on earth hasn't Adam Gase lost his job yet? Brian, what do you got for us?
2: I don't know if they gave it away on purpose. I'm, you know, I'm sure that the that locker room wants to win a game. I'm sure Greg Williams didn't make the call to purposely, you know, hand it over. Um, But it's a questionable call. Um, You know, all out blitz on the last play of the game. Um, But then again, you know, the the whole, um, you know, put 10 guys at the goal line and try to knock it down hasn't worked in recent games either. I mean, the Bills got beat by the Cardinals with the same thing. Of course, you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins versus whoever, the Jets have at wide receiver right now. I can't even think of who their primary receiver is. But, um, you know, I think somebody had to take the blame and and get fired after that. Um, You know, it's still a franchise. You still have fans. You still have to show that there's some. effort to build a winning program Greg Williams has had his problems across the league so I'm sure he was an easy person to cut loose but to answer the second half of this question I don't know why Adam Gase hasn't lost his job yet probably because at this point with their record it doesn't really matter so they're probably just going to let him play out the rest of the season but I would be very surprised if he's the head coach in 2021 can you guys hear this
1: I'm not a conspiracy theory, but that's me putting on my tinfoil hat. This is unprecedented blitz. Tell me this doesn't seem like they are trying to lose this game. In the last 15 seasons, this situation where there's been 4 to 8 points with 15 seconds left in the game and over 40 yards to the end zone has happened 252 times. And in those 252 times, only one team, the Jets, have sent more than six pass rushers. They sent eight pass rushers after him and put a spy on Derek Carr like he's Michael Vick in his prime. Tell me that doesn't seem like they're trying to lose this game on purpose.
2: I mean, it's
1: totally the right call because the Jets stink. They're not going to get better. They're not going to win a game this season. If they win, they're at risk of losing the number one pick. They're, They're at risk of losing Trevor Lawrence. You know, so it is. It's the right call. Lose it. Blow it. Throw it. You know. But regarding Adam Gates, you know, he should have been fired a long time ago. But, you know, he's doing exactly what the Jets organization kind of wants him to do. So they keep him around. And his days are undoubtedly numbered. But, you know, who in that organization could step up? Greg Williams was the only one who had any kind of head coaching experience. And he's gone now. So that's out the window. But I have heard one theory out there as to why he... Hasn't been let go. And quite frankly, it kind of makes like more sense than anything else. But though the, the Johnson & Johnson brothers, uh, Christopher and Woody Johnson, own the team, co-own the team. So Woody is the chairman and CEO of the Jets. However, he's been busy serving as the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. And his brother, Chris, has been running the team. But there's speculation that Chris does not have the authorization to fire Gase. And that it's it's that's in Woody's hands, and he's busy, so they're just going to let him ride. I mean, at this point, what difference does it make? I mean, true, you don't want to win a game at this point.
0: So okay, I'll take a different outlook on this thing. We know they're the last place team. There's no competition. They're going to be the last place team at the end of the season. Um, do I think the defensive coordinator? I, I hate to say but no one has ever done that on a 3-10 situation. No one, never, nada, hasn't been done. And, you know, you're playing to win the game. You, you you probably have two, three safety guys in the back making sure they don't get in the end zone, and then you win the game, right? That's the typical call any defensive coordinator would make, or would tell you, right? So... If this is if if this play was truly on him, yeah, you deserve to be fired in the NFL league. Oh, he made the call. So it, it, that's what I'm saying. If if he's the one that truly made the call, yeah, I think in this league, at this level of play, you know, you you called a bonehead play, you deserve to get your ass fired. Like it's never been done, Nada. What are you trying to do? The book, you know, it's just like, it's like counting cards, like in Vegas, playing blackjack. The book tells you do this and you just did the complete opposite. Like, yeah, you deserve to get fired for that play. Um, you know, ro- the Jets, ro- I, I think the Jets were truly playing this game. I truly do. And I think it showed. Um, and that one play, unfortunately, killed it for them. You know, they can still win a game and be last place and go after, you know, their top round draft pick. So uh, to say that, you know, they're, they purposely did that play just to tank. uh, I'm not buying that, not buying that conspiracy at all.
1: Jags only have one win. So that puts them tied if the, if the jets win.
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, well, how would the tiebreaker work out? But I do not, I do not see that being the case that they purposely tanked because of that.
1: Do you know what Derek Carr said after the game? No. Said
2: thank you for that blitz. He legit said thank said thank you. I don't know. I, I would like Just to, to give hope them one that or they one have coach. some some competitive. Uh, you know.
0: I don't. I and the other thing, if you're, if your if your argument is the Jags, I think they're. I I don't know who the, who the quarterback is. I, I know it's a new guy. They don't even know. Well, no, but the the new guy hasn't even been playing the rookie.
2: Well, Mike Lennon's been Yeah, Mike Lennon's not a rookie. Yeah, so
0: I think they're, I think they're invested in him. They're not going to go after a quarterback in the draft. I don't... No, no he's totally not a rookie. rookie. He's like a 10-year no, player yeah. or
2: something.
1: No, they're totally going after a quarterback in the
0: draft. Oh. all right. I stand corrected. But, yeah, I. to me, that team was playing. I don't think... I don't think... I'm not buying the conspiracy of the call. Just to, to lose. So, I mean, they could have won that game and then tanked the rest of the other games if they wanted to. I mean, what grudges they have to beat the... Raiders I don't know but yeah I'm not buying that not buying the conspiracy I'll say that
2: and I don't know if they want to go in hi- down in history as it one of the teams that didn't win any game I mean I understand the draft pick argument but come on Yeah, you I think the, the, I think back, the players want receiver win. catch it on purpose I think the players want to win i know but yeah, i mean to be fair it was man on man coverage so like the, the you're telling i think the conspiracy would have to go as deep as the cornerback laying off his coverage and then the guy blow blowbast him you know now that could have just been a really good pass which it was a really good pass and a really good play by the receiver but i mean you think the corner let the guy catch it on purpose or did he just get beat
0: i mean he got beat but
2: right so i mean but the smart all play right. is to have four guys back there
0: correct all right move on uh as we enter to December, the NFL playoff races are heating up and the NFL playoff picture is taking shape. The AFC has plenty of division races that need to be decided and an intriguing wildcard playoff race that will likely come down to the final week. Meanwhile, the NFC has a home field advantage, battle brewing between the New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, and the Los Angeles Rams. And let's not forget someone in the NFC East gets an automatic berth to the playoffs. Washington. Uh, let's look into our crystal balls and predict the last team in the playoffs and the first team out of the playoffs. Who uh, I think would Brian, Brian, let's hit you.
2: Yeah, so I'll just try to be brief. I think last team in for the AFC is going to be the Colts. That's how it stands today. Um, they're the seven seed um, I think things are going to stay pretty steady within the AFC other than maybe a couple teams jumping back and forth between the seeds. Um, and then the first team out, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns because I'm just not sold on them. I know they're 9-3. and They they've played a real, real good game against Tennessee this past week. I just don't know if I have the faith in Baker Mayfield to go into a playoff game, which it looks like it might be at home Um, as it currently stands. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It would be away. Um, I don't know if I I trust him going into another team stadium and and getting the win. Um, Jumping over to the NFC, I think it's a little bit more unclear. There's a lot of teams vying for that seven seed. You got Minnesota, Arizona, Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, and Washington all at five and seven. You know, Washington's kind of a double-edged sword because they're vying for the division lead with the giants as well, who are also five and seven, but I'm going to say last team in for the NFC is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Just because even though they haven't had some, you know, the the prettiest of wins the last couple of weeks, I think they're on the uptrend. I think Dalvin Cook's a monster. I think they ride him into the playoffs. Um, but at the same token, I'm also picking the Vikings as my first team out because I don't think they go into New Orleans or Green Bay uh, and win that game.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm on a similar wavelength as you, Brian. But uh, you know, I've got I've got Seattle taking the division. Um AFC East race doesn't matter cuz whoever's not going to win is not going to be a contender. So really it's like the Rams, the Bucks, the Vikings, Cardinals are really the kind of teams. The 49ers are still in there. But uh you know the Rams, I see them going 3 and 1. They'll lose to the Seahawks. They'll finish in that 5th seed. The Bucks they'll kind of limp in at 1 and 3 probably get the 6th seed. I got the Cardinals with a strong 3 and 1 to the season. They'll finish 7th. They'll be that first seed. Um, that last seed in Which like you Leaves the Vikings As the last seed out They've got to play The Bucks and the Saints Those are tough games I just don't think They got it in them Going for the AFC The AFC East Comes down to the Bills And Dolphins last week uh, You know um, So that's going to be Going to be tough But I am going to Concede that the Bills Will probably win the division Or the AFC East I got, I got the, the Ravens winning out the rest of the season, so that'll put them in the fifth seed. Browns they'll two and two, they'll split, they'll end at the sixth. Dolphins go two and two with losses to the bills and the, uh, and the chiefs, which puts them at the seventh and last seed in. and uh, due to the tiebreaker, the Colts are the first
0: team out for me.: Yeah, I'm not even going to bother predicting this crap (laughs) Uh, i'm just gonna go with i'm hoping that washington uh overthrows the giants in our division uh we at least get invited to the dance uh we'll see what happens um predicting i'm predicting the steelers to be to have an early exit based on what we talked about earlier um and i'm just gonna go ahead and say it i think the chiefs can go back to the super bowl and this year can be a a, for sure back-to-back um You know, Super Bowl setting for him. So we'll see what happens. So going on to our pick'em this past week, or what are we doing? Moving on to pick'em, but going on with our predictions for next week, I should say, not last week. Or no, yeah, recap for last week. Um, I went eleven and three. Brian went eleven and three as well. I think you actually
1: went twelve and three because the uh, the Ravens. So you went twelve and three. You and Brian both went twelve and three. I went eleven
0: and four. Oh, for the okay. Yeah, we didn't see yep. what the so which
1: puts Brian and I deadlocked at one hundred and twenty seven right picks, and then you're just a couple behind at one twenty
0: three. Okay, perfect. So Alright, so going on with our week fourteen picks, uh the different games we picked on, which actually was a lot, we got uh six games. Five games, five games. If I can do my math here. All right, uh, first game up, we got the Patriots at the Rams. Uh, Brian and Logan are both going with the Rams. I'm the lone pick for the Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots are getting a late wake-up call, uh, especially after their game last week against the Chargers. Um, to not have the Chargers put up any points, that's got to give them credit for that. So I'm thinking Patriots maybe upsets with the Rams, but it's a long shot. But I'm going with Patriots over Rams. Uh, second game, we got the Texans at the Bears. Uh, me and Logan are going with the Bears at home. Uh, Brian's picking the Texans on the road. What do you got, Brian? Yeah,
2: just it's more lack of faith in the Bears. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Did they start five and zero? Am I correct? Was were they five and 0? I Thought it was six or six and zero. So well, they're five and seven, right? So, um, so I'm wrong. I think they started five and zero. And it's been seven straight losses, um, if I'm correct. So I have no faith. I'm sorry. They started um, five and one, and now they have six straight losses. So uh, uh, who's playing quarterback? What's going on with that team? Deshaun Watson, another heartbreaking loss last week. I think he bounces back and leads that team to a road victory uh, for for the Texans.
1: Yeah, both these teams just suck, so it's it's a toss-up. Right.
0: <laughs> so you got to go with the home team, right? Yeah, that's, that's, right all, that's all I um, All right, third game, we got Washington at the 49ers, or I should say at Arizona. Uh, I'm the only one picking Team Washington here. I, I'm just kind of surprised you guys haven't bought bought into Washington yet. But uh, Brian and Logan going with 49ers in Arizona. Uh, I'm going with Washington. Uh, I think Washington continues to get better week after week. Um, I think it's starting to show and starting to pay off for them. Uh, 49ers not playing in their stadium due to the COVID restrictions in California, where they're at, where the stadium's at. Yeah, I'm riding with Washington. Do you guys want to add anything to that? Or?
2: No, I think you are go either I way. I would say
0: 49ers have been doing that great the past two weeks anyway, so.
2: Until Kittle and Garoppolo come back, I think that they're just kind of in this limbo of uh, mediocre play. I, I just don't see any other option for them until they get those players back.
0: I agree. Okay. I'm just now reading this next game and I am shocked. All right. Our uh, fourth game, uh Steelers at the bills, Brian, why are you not joining me in picking the bills? I'm the only one and, picking the bills. Uh, Logan and Brian being, you know, safety here, not taking any chances going with the Steelers. Uh, granted we made this picks probably before uh their loss but uh yeah what's going on what's going on yeah guys? we made these we made I'm okay these with picks changing before my pick.
2: last night i'm okay with changing my pick to the bills i pick the bills now yeah i mean I'd, i'll ride that bandwagon to the bills i mean i think we're gonna win we made these picks before the the games last night so i mean the Steelers just kind of took a nosedive and the bills kind of had a quite convincing performance in arizona against the niners um you know i'll I'll just give my team a little credit first monday night victory in the 21st century it's been a long road guys it's been a long road um just that's 20 of my 28 years of living on this planet so (laughs) it's been rough but no i think the bills are going to win this game now we just made the picks too early
0: all right so you guys are both going to change the picks Sure, if you're going to let me, I'm uh, it. I will let you guys do that. I'll give you guys that pass.
2: That's fine. All
0: right. Homer all day. Okay, so I'm going to change that. I'm going to update just so I can see it next time, or next this Sunday when we watch the games. All right, and our fifth and final game, uh, Ravens at the Browns, and we know you guys love to hate the Browns. Uh, but uh, I'm going with the Browns. At the Browns, Ravens have been struggling past probably, what, three, four weeks now? Um, I'm. A, I, I didn't see it. I'm assuming they beat the Cowboys. If you guys saw it, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we're recording this as the game was playing on. That's why I can't see the score. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm riding Browns. Browns had a huge victory last week against the Titans. Uh, just stellar start with that game. Rules uh, gold. Okay. Okay. So, do you guys want to say anything about the Ravens, or just good you know, to go with that? No, Ravens beat them handily. All right, we'll see what happens. Browns, again, still having consistency issues, but great game last week. Let's let's hope they can pull that out uh, with Baltimore at home. All right, who you got? Uh, last week we had Jake Powell calling out Conor McGregor, and this week we have his older brother, Logan Paul, actually striking a deal to face off against retired boxing champion Floyd May- Mayweather Jr. Uh, the match is being billed as a super expedition and is scheduled for February 20th, 2021. I think we can agree that Mayweather is the undeniable favorite, but if he could only use one arm versus Paul, who you got? Uh, Logan, what do you got for us?
1: Yep, still taking Mayweather. Mayweather could have no arms. I'd still take Mayweather.
2: Yeah, I would still think Mayweather. I mean, he's a defensive boxer. His game is not getting hit. And he probably only needs that one hand to make jabs. This is a joke of a fight. It's for publicity. I know Logan and... Uh, Dollar Bills. I know the Pauls have sub-training in the fighting arena, but I mean, you're talking about the... Some argue one of the best boxers of all times, if not the best. Undefeated. Right, so if he can beat Conor McGregor, I think he can beat Logan Paul with one hand behind his back.
0: Yeah, I'm still picking Mayweather, but I think there's a huge conspiracy theory going on with Mayweather. Um, He's broke? No, like, I I think with all the, with his, with his especially his past couple boxing matches, uh, granted this has been a while since he had been in the ring, but I just feel like it's like, you boost up the publicity and you go, okay, I'm going to win this game, or I'm going to win this match, this boxing match, but at the same time, you're going to get paid still a hefty, dollar amount for fighting me but i have to win like i just i i think there's just something there like i honestly do just me though i don't know just i don't buy that much
1: as i buy the jets throwing the game
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right finishing out on this day in sports history we got in 1961 wilt chamberlain scored 78 points and broke the single game scoring record in the philadelphia warriors 151 to 147 triple overtime loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Wilt's record stood for three months until he broke it three months later when he put up 100 points against the Knicks. Guys, if you liked what you joined or liked, liked what you heard of us, please follow us on social media pages. Uh, number two, two guys and a mic. Hit us up. Give us suggestions for drinks if we can get them. We'll do it. Any suggestions, feedback, love to hear you. Again, all good things coming. Stay connected with us. Till next time. See you next week.